This is episode 000023. Oh, did we forget about tone? <laughs> Coming to you with intelligitude. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's the tone control. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. Um, I was coming upstairs to to get set up here, and um, Beth was like, "Hey, it's your last episode as a single guy." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "You know, a lot of the things it just occurred to me. A lot of the things I do over the next two weeks <laughs> are going to be the last things I do as a single guy." You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. <clears throat> that's kind of weird though, because that's like that's like throwback to like original patriarchy, right? Where yeah, where as if right now, like as if yeah, you're as single, if I could right still now. have like, like a legitimate quote unquote way out. Yeah, like that's like, yeah. that's not the way the world works. <laughs> no, um, we've been living together for years now. We've been dating for years, forever <laughs> now. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I don't know. It's. Uh, <laughs> Let me ask you this. When you were, uh, when your wedding was approaching, did people give you the whole, like, you can still get out, man? No, you know, actually, nobody that I know I or get care that about, all the time. <laughs> nobody that I knew or care about, thankfully, um, did that. But the day of the wedding, the girls had lots of things to do, like hair and makeup and stuff. So they're off, like, kind of doing their thing. Yep. And, there there was a while there kind of in the morning, like the whole first half of the day where I had nothing to do. Um, yeah, I remember I showed up. Yeah, like you guys you were drinking up, beers uh, at like 11 in the morning. <laughs> my friend Jim was in from Texas because he was at the wedding and he he was, so he was there with me because he was staying at the hotel. It took a little while for like my brother and the other guys to show up, but we kind of like hung around the hotel bar. We like got food, you know, breakfast, lunch. We kind of like sat there I think there was a couple of things we had to do. Like we had to, we were finishing some, some of the table prep or something like that, but we were basically like sitting there and I was like, it's my wedding day. So I was like kind of ordering some drinks and stuff. And there were, there were these people at the bar that were staying at the inn, like three guys and their wives or something. And I don't yeah. know what they were doing. They were vacationing or something. And eventually like they were, everybody's talking. It's a small bar. So it's like, Oh, it's your wedding today. And so the ladies are all into it. And the guys universally go for the like TV uh, guy thing. Yeah. Oh, oh man, run. Trust me. I've been married to this one for this many years or something. <laughs> and they're laughing. And it's like, I, I don't know. That was, that was funny on a sitcom in the nineties, I guess. Yeah. That's the thing. Like I always get it from, I don't get that from people uh, like you said, I know or care about. Um, I get it from people that like who find out basically that I'm getting married and then project their their marriage and wedding ideas on me. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes it's like, oh, that's so great, which I love to hear. You know, yeah. that's totally fine. Right. Uh, 
great for you guys. You know, I want to know all the details. Fine, whatever. I'll, I'll give them that. But then it's just the like, oh, get out. You still can, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I I hate it so much. It's like, you know, I I'm sorry you don't have the confidence in your marriage. <laughs> don't tell me what to do about mine. Yeah, and it's probably not even a like a, a serious comment on their own marriage either. They're probably just it's repeating. Just like, They're like uh, you know, parroting back this like cultural thing they've heard about it. Like, oh, I'm this gonna, is the joke I, you make. I never want to say that to anybody. <laughs> it's so silly. I actually I had one guy apologize to me once like, for like like for he saying had made that? made some comments that were like that a little stronger, but they were just like you know about the institution of marriage, man, <laughs> basically. And um, <clears throat> I was at a party, and it was this older guy um, had just gone through a divorce or had been divorced for like a short-ish amount of time, year or two or something mm-hmm. like that. And then before he left, he pulled me aside, and he was like. Hey, so I'm really sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> you know, being married is really great. And when my marriage was great, I really loved it and blah, blah, blah. Okay, <laughs> so, so know, he caught himself to, and pulled yeah, it back in, yeah. Especially because I had never met this guy before right then, and he was like, don't get married, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Yeah. So anyway. Um, so yeah, you heard usually, it here first on the tone control, uh, making that joke about people getting married. Not cool anymore. Not, Le- it's leave not it in the past. It makes that person feel uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with how modern wedding planning is. So, yeah. yeah. I'm what you call uh, involved in that. (laughs) (laughs) Right. uh, But anyway, so we record like every two weeks here. And next Tuesday, I'm not going to be here. I will be in the Rocky Mountains on a vacation that I desperately need. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, I haven't decided uh, what or if I'm going to do in that week. Um, it would be kind of cool. I have a couple of ideas floating around, but um, I guess I'm going to have to leave it as a surprise because I didn't make that decision and figure it all out before we recorded. So it's a oh. surprise. Maybe oh, there will be an maybe, episode. Maybe you'll publish one while I'm on vacation. I'll be like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'll publish <laughs> an episode. Right back. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, that would yeah. be kind of neat. So I, I'm going to try to do something. I, I just want it to be worthwhile and I don't want it to be like a crap episode. I'd rather kind of like if, or if, skip one. Yeah, I'd rather skip one than than have it just be like, oh, well, this was a waste because Justin didn't just have Derek there solo. to back him up. Yeah. So anyway, we'll <laughs> anyway, see. Anyway, um, so I guess before we begin, we should say that this episode of the Tone Control is brought to you by Pedal Genie. Head to pedalgenie.com slash tone control and learn all about that and uh, sign up for just a buck. Freaking do it, man. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. I could hear that. You, um, uh, I'm on my, my annual pumpkin beer binge. Oh, binge is the wrong, is wrong word, but, um, <laughs> kick, I guess I'm not actually binge drinking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is the, uh, Sam Adams harvest pumpkin ale. I spoiled myself and had one really outstanding, super local brew. That was a pumpkin beer, and it just annihilates all other seasonal <laughs> pumpkin beers. So basically nothing is as good as that, but this is still pretty good. Yeah, I think those um, those flavored ones are tougher to do, especially in super large batches, because you really have to be using like additive instead of actual like yeah. fruit. Um, yep. So anyway. Yeah, the, the there's a, uh, in Derry, not far from here, 603 Brewery. Is yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with them. They're kicking ass lately, and their toasted pumpkin ale comes in a bomber, and it's uh, 
expensive, but glorious. Right, right. <laughs> All right. The anyway, beer control. Um, we should, you want to start a podcast about beer? We should. <laughs> I found a... Never mind. <laughs> I found a home brewing store in my town, so I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So there's some news. <laughs> stuff. Hey, I got an idea, uh, mm. and I'm actually dropping this on Derek right now live on the show. But oh, man. I think next time we should do kind of a, we should start the show with kind of like a rundown of the things that we're going to talk about real quick. And then we can throw in news items that didn't make the show discussion wise, but we can just give them a quick mention. Ah, And so then we could rattle off a bunch. We could fit in a bunch more news items that way and then right. pick out like just, three well, we'd or have four to, be really to actually good. talk about. We'd have to be really good about not about actually <laughs> doing what we intend to do. <laughs> yeah. Because when we started, we were like, yeah, let's just like tons of news. Let's do it. And then we just like started talking and talking and talking and had to cut everything. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. We'll have to organize the notes so there's no details. It's just. Yeah. Um, like So-and-so I, released this. I, I'm yeah. thinking of um, that iPad doc from Focusrite that you you had in the notes oh, right, and I yeah. nixed because we had, in my opinion, better news items, more guitar-related. Okay. Um, but in other news, uh, Focusrite released an iPad dock that is an audio interface for your iPad, and it sits right, the iPad sits right yeah. in it like a dock, and, and you can record stuff into it, and it seems yeah. pretty cool. It's got all, all the ports you need, and it, you know... Yeah. Charges your iPad. looks awesome. I guess I'll add to that with one other news thing sure. that's in the notes as this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Gibson announced they're going to increase their prices for 2015, which is absurd because they're already way, way, way too expensive. Um, so we're talking about like almost by 30% here. It's not like they're going from $3,000 to 3100 3200 yeah. No, it's like almost another guitar's worth of money getting tacked onto the price. So, uh, yeah, so the, their example here is a 2014 Les Paul Standard with normal flame top is $29.99 MSRP. 2015 equivalent will start at $38.79. <laughs> so Gibson announces... Fuck you, the consumer. <laughs> Gibson announces they're going out of business in five years. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Who's going to buy that? Oh, it just like, I don't know. It puts it so out of reach for everybody, I think. Yeah, really. I don't know. And they're getting rid of their more budget options. It's it's a, uh, I really want to know why. I, don't, I think it's going to, it's going to screw up the used market because if I'm like, I want to buy a used Les Paul. And I buy one from a guy who has a 2014 one and it's price X. But then guy who has a 2015 one wants to sell me his at price X plus 30%. No way. <laughs> that's, that's not going to happen. <laughs> Seriously. Ugh. That's all I'm going to say about that. We yeah. got to keep that section quick. Yeah. <laughs> See, we almost started to do it again. <laughs> News. News. <laughs> Up first. Uh, the Evertune Bridge. We, uh, last episode, we talked about mayonnaise guitars, and I said that some of their guitars have the Evertune system, and you were like, what's that? So, uh, this is what that is. Um, This is, as I mentioned last time, it's a bridge system uh, based on maintaining constant tension on the strings. Basically, what it allows you to do is uh, you, you tune the guitar 
via the bridge, and the tuning pegs at the headstock are basically just used to hold on to the other end of the string. So you can either set your guitar to always be at tension, regardless of whether your string is shortened or not. So I'm talking about bending here. So if you bend a string, it typically will go up in pitch. You can set the Evertune bridge to compensate so it will not go up in pitch. Hmm. Uh, It does this by a whole set of springs on each uh, saddle, basically. So as you push up and would be increasing the tension on the spring, it releases tension on the spring inside the body cavity, maintaining tension. But the string itself is physically moving. It's so crazy to watch people play. They're like doing crazy whole step, you know, whole and a half step bends. And nothing happens. <laughs> right, right. I, you showed me a video earlier and yeah. like my jaw is just hanging open. Like this is, well, what I said to you earlier, like this is where engineering in guitars is going on right now. Like there are yes. advancements. It's not just the same thing that was around in the 50s. Like it wasn't perfected then and it's the same now. Like this is this amazing, amazing thing. I can't believe what they did. And 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 the <laughs> like the guy's essentially the the tuning peg exists so you can either have it at pitch or you can detune it and then like you said like it'll it'll maintain its tuning through bends like yeah uh, to a point like you can oh man once you pull it to the to the point of where the actual notes tension is then it'll bend up from there so you can still do bends with it and you can just totally customize it you can set some of the strings to be loose uh, and some of the strings to to maintain their tunings and uh, it's I'm, crazy. I'm yeah, tripping like, so over my can, words. I'm amazed by this machine. <laughs> you, you can set it so it does play like a normal guitar. So the 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 point is not to eliminate bending necessarily. Right. Um, you can set it so it will bend. Like basically, the string sits at right at that tipping point of. Mm-hmm. The spring versus natural tension, and you can bend up at that point. But your guitar but, doesn't um, go out of tune. Like you can right, does not go out of play, tune. play, 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 and it won't go out of tune. Like right, and a lot of that you can get. Um, like part of the reason you might want to eliminate bending is if you're doing like really focused rhythms, and you mm-hmm. you know maybe you're playing complex chords where like if you're reaching in a really bizarre way, you might be pulling sharp on a string. Gone. If yep. you break a string, like with uh, <laughs> most guitars. You're you're totally screwed, especially guitars with standard tremolos like my Strat. Right. I break a string. All those I have four springs in the back of that thing, and they all get looser by like yeah. fifty pounds or whatever it is. The guy in a the video, breaks. he's like, "Will Tom, will you please break my string?" And he comes over <laughs> yeah. while he's playing and yeah. clips one of the middle strings out, and the guitar Nothing. is still in tune. He clips all he clips all, all but the <laughs> lowest two strings and they're still basically in tune like it starts to sound yeah. kind of weird because there's so much less tension on the neck that it's kind of floppy right. but but it's like it's maintained the tension so the notes are still the same exactly and like Unbelievable. that's for when you break a, a string at a show oh it's like that it's the worst it's over it's over you can't and you, play you're just with the strings you have left <laughs> n- yeah. and never mind if you're playing a strat like i was all the time yeah. it was it would just all right, see you later. <laughs> Can I borrow someone's guitar, please? It was the worst. And this is like, all you got to do is pop another string on there and just like wind it around the peg enough times to where it meets the tipping point on the saddle and you're good to go. It's back in tune. Like you oh. don't have to stretch it. You don't, you don't have to stretch your strings you don't have anymore. To stre- oh, that just oh. dawned on me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Unbelievable. So you you got to look at this thing online to really get the, How the understanding of what's this? happening. That's a good question. I haven't seen it. Um, I haven't seen too many people like 
commenting on how much i think it's like 200 ish bucks because you have to get it installed that's not that bad it's not that bad right some guitars are coming with it already fitted you can get your guitar modified uh for the evertune system but it's kind of a lot of routing so i'm a little hesitant to do it i think it's also a little bulky right now uh i would like to see version two Hmm. maybe maybe once it slims down a little bit uh I don't know. Some guitars, it's more unsightly than others. Like on tellies, I think it looks weird because it's part of the whole bridge plate and everything. It looks big. Mm-hmm. Um, but on just like a standard uh, through the body setup, it kind of is a, a normal ish size. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but oh my God. I, I'm. What an idea, you know? Like, yeah. I think it's so neat. Like I would love to. This would be so great for a studio guitar, too. Yeah. I mean, just to have right because you could wail on it sometimes you know you hit a low string too hard and it'll go yeah like like, that is like dialing that in and and um just having it as an option too for when a guitarist is coming in and and maybe they're not the best at keeping things like super intonated with their with their fret pressure and everything else like as they're playing um but they're especially with like kind of heavy rock kind of music, like you really want that tuning to be very precise to get the heavy sound out of it. Like so much of that mm-hmm. is, is to do with perfectly intonated tracks. And uh, man, I'd love to be able to say, well, here, why don't you just play it on this mm-hmm. one? Try and this suddenly one, yeah. all the problems are gone. The, the guy, I remember the guy in the video mentioned that it does feel a little spongy. Yeah. Because, um, like, so it takes that, a little getting used to. Yeah. It lacks that kind of natural out of tuneness that I guess people have, Come accustomed to. I'd love yeah. to try one and see, like, oh, it gotta be so weird to set it so it won't bend, you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, all you get no vibrato, nothing. Oh, right. God. It's so it's weird. Yeah. Uh, it comes with a little, uh, little multi tool, basically, that uh, there's three points of adjustment. One is for the intonation, uh, one is for the action of the string, the string height, and then the other is for, is to adjust the tension, basically, on the, uh, on the spring for the whole system. Yeah. And it's each saddle has three different spots for that, three different little holes for that to go in. And it just comes a little like a Allen key, basically. I don't know if it's proprietary or not, but mm-hmm. um, this is the coolest thing. I'm, I've seen it around a little bit, and I'm like, what's the deal with that? And I mm-hmm. tried to learn about it, and I was like, how is this even working? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And trying to think of what it would be like if I bent my guitar strings and they didn't do anything. Yeah, oh, check it out. So Ever there's tune. a 15-minute video that we link to and um it's it's really worth it. It's Yeah. So what a crazy thing. Right, and like you're saying, like this is real innovation in guitar stuff. Like guitars are have you know, for the most part unchanged over the last 50 years. Yeah. And this is like, sure, we've developed better ways to dress frets or something like that. <laughs> that kind of stuff, for example. We've developed better gears for tuning machines, but they're still tuning machines. You know, this is like a completely new design. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. Evertune.com. Check it out. Do it. So, next, um, you're familiar with the TC Electronic uh, Ditto Looper. Sure. Right? It's a little single stomp guy, one knob, little. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It even has recorder. a big brother that does. Uh, yes, two knobs, two, two uh, one buttons. knob still, two switches. Yeah, that's for I think reverse and like. Yeah, add, adding extra. It's adding extra features and things. Well, everyone and their brother is making mini loopers now, including Boss and EHX. Of course, Ta-da. this has got to be in response to the 
the, to the looper succeed the, the ditto looper succeeding. Yeah. Cause it came out like two or three years ago and it's been selling like gangbusters. Yeah. Anyway, boss is now making the RC one, which is the typical boss form factor. Uh, and then on the front on the control f- uh, surface of it, there's only a single level control and a little led display that shows you the progress of your loop. Oh, okay. So it's gotcha. like, it'll tick away at how much you have left in the loop basically. Hmm. Okay. Uh, so the single level control is very uh, TC, very simple. Yeah, kind of, kind of yeah. makes me think of that. Um, it's got stereo in and out. Um, you stop the loop by pressing twice, clear the loop by pressing and holding. Same exact controls as the looper. Uh, it's battery power or uh, the power adapter, nine volt DC, twelve minute record time, which is pretty good. I Whoa. can't imagine. Yeah, well, a twelve minute loop, huh? Yeah. So you could you could play Stairway to Heaven and then play over. You it. could play it twice. <laughs> <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, the LEDs only work when you're connected to the power adapter, of course, because because, you know. because F U, I guess. Yep. <laughs> uh, and they've also developed along with this a new uh, foot switch, a dual foot switch called the FS Seven, uh, which kind of pairs with it. And it's like you've seen the the boss style foot switches that are just. Basically, channel switchers or tap tempos. It's that kind of style. Uh, but the switches are top and bottom, and it's kind of shaped more like a wah pedal. Hmm. Uh, but they're individual A and B switches, and you can set it uh, for latching or unlatching or like a momentary switch. So, And you can use that to toggle loops, essentially. Okay, so it's like it's like a ditto looper with, with, a, uh, screen. with a, a screen, kind of a display, and... Uh, this and this boss op- optional ex- external switch business. Yeah. So and that's coming in at one twenty nine. Not too bad. Okay. So a little a little more than the Ditto Looper with a little more feature. Yeah. Okay. Right. But it's like feature that I don't know if everyone needs or wants. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, and then EHX is making the Nano Looper uh, three sixty. It's called Nano Looper <laughs> three sixty because it's got three hundred and sixty seconds of looping. Uh, okay. It's kind of a, a weird way to. Yep. Uh, anyway, and that can be divided into eleven different loops for a total of six minutes. Okay. And on on the on, so there's two knobs. There's a level control, and then there's like a rotary control that you can select a bank and record into it, and then select a bank and record into it. Okay. The standard stop box switch, uh, the kachunk switch, um, but it's probably a soft touch because it's the push to record, double tap to stop, push and yep. hold, one second to undo, two seconds to delete. Same TC mm. controls, redo, push and hold, one second again. So if you accidentally undo, undo the thing, you right, can yeah. redo it. I don't know if this is as good a design, honestly, um, because I don't want to be bending down and dialing to go to the next bank. Yeah, um, but, but how but, else would you access that feature? I don't know. I, that's boss's answer was a foot switch. Yeah. So, well, I don't know though. Cause like so the there's, TC there's stuff your... doesn't have bank control. It's basically just got, you can turn off the most recent recorded. Yeah. Loop. You can keep stacking. And if you do it wrong, you can back up one. Yeah. Right. So this is coming in at one thirty-five. again, a little bit more. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I have a flashback X4 that's got a looper built into it, which is basically the the digital looper. They pulled it out of that and put that in its own pedal. Sure. Uh, I don't use it a ton. I use it basically to think, like, to say, I wonder if this riff works over that riff. I'll record <laughs> one and then, yeah. you know, and then I just kind of fool around with it here and there. But I'm I'm not, like, 
I have uh, in so need. The the flashback that I have has the reverse or not no sorry loop. It has the reverse also, but it has the loop, which is what we're actually talking about. And uh, I used it. I mean, there was a song that I used it in, so yeah, that's kind of why the delay well, I had had to have a I loop should, feature. So I should say I I have used it in songs as well, just mm-hmm. for like little textural things. But um, I've never like done. Let me record guitar one. And well, I'll play yeah, guitar two. like yeah. that's like a style of music, practically, right? Like the solo guy who's right, making yeah. his own loops and builds a whole song out of it live, yeah. kind of deal. Yeah, but you you probably would, want a fancier looper if you were doing right. That. I was gonna say you probably want like the boomerang or something, yeah. which you can do like A B C section mm-hmm. and and all kinds of crazy. You can basically structure the whole song with a foot switch. Yeah. Um, I think this is just kind of boss wasn't boss and EHX were not in that market. Mm-hmm. Before, well, so. it's good to see that they're at least they're entering the market and they're not just copying. They're trying to give it something. So you've got a right. reason and to pick one or the other or the other. And to be honest, the little LED display on the boss, that's a great idea because the TC stuff, it just blinks the light when it's looped. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to remember, okay, I recorded four bars of this or eight bars or whatever. Yeah. Right, so, right. If you lose track of it, if you're doing really long loops like that. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. So, check it out. The Boss RC1 and the EHX Nano Looper 360. Mm-hmm. About 130 ish bucks. Not bad. Yeah. Derek, it's time for the Pedal Genie Minute. Oh, we should have like a little Pedal Genie theme. Do they have theme music? Well, I think we should write it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pedal <Okay>. Genie. <laughs> You're basically making it Wayne's World, right? All right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we could do like a little Wayne's World spoof for the pedal genie. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, we could fun. do that. Yeah, you set up a drum thing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sweet. Okay. Okay. You're welcome. Here's more stuff to do in my in my <laughs> precious free time. <laughs> I know you've been really bored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, all right, guess what everybody? Uh pedal genie is the pedal rental service with no late fees. Keep the pedals as long as you want. Send them back whenever you're ready to get the next one. How do they do it? I don't know. That's it. Smartly. I don't know. That's Smartly. <laughs> with smartness. <laughs> Intelligitude. <laughs> so what you're going to do is you're going to go to pedalgenie.com slash tone control. And then you're going to see this glorious website and you're going to look at all the dozens and dozens of pedals from dozens of manufacturers and you're going to put together a wish list for yourself. You're going to say, yes, I wish for all of these pedals. Thank you, please. And then when you're ready, you're going to sign up and make your account go active. And the first month's only a dollar. So it doesn't hurt. It's a super deal. Super deal. Yeah. And right away, they send you the first pedal on your list and you get to try it out at home in your own rig, plug it yeah, in. <laughs> take, it, take it to the studio, take it to band practice, play with it at home. Oh, yeah, get great. something really expensive and take it into the uh, guitar store and try it out on a few different amps and just make people think you're cool. That's, that's not a bad idea. Right? I thought you were going to say if you were shopping for an amp, but well, I mean, sure. making people think you're cool is obviously. Well, no. so here's as what we've do. discussed, <laughs> being in a band is 90% being cool. Right, so you really so, need to perfect that aspect of it, or you're ninety percent <laughs> failing. <laughs> so, 
So, I mean, what happens, though, if you want more than one pedal? What do you mean? Who would like, want more than one pedal? You know, I, I have one pedal at a time here, and it's great, but sometimes I want more. Well, for you greedy piece of shit, there is... <laughs> I probably shouldn't. I probably shouldn't <laughs> curse during the ad read, huh? <laughs> yeah, well, whatever. If we get in trouble, we'll we'll we'll, um, we'll probably do nothing different. <laughs> <laughs> we'll say sorry about that. We'll say sorry. Uh, for you, you can get Pedal Genie Pro, and that'll allow you to have three pedals out at a time. For only fifty nine ninety five a month, so you heard right. One pedal at a time is only thirty four ninety five a month. First month for just a dollar, and then you can upgrade to Pedal Genie Pro for only fifty nine ninety five a month. The price of two subscriptions gets you three subscriptions. Pretty wicked. That's it. Pretty wicked. And then I'm going to top that. If you find out that you get this pedal, that you just like, I got to have it. I got to have it. I got to keep it. You can just keep it. You contact Pedal Genie. You call up the Pedal Genie, and you say, like, listen, Genie, I need it. <laughs> and they say, all right. They'll give you a price, a buyout price, based on the value of the pedal, kind of what you got, and how long your membership with them has been. And mm-hmm. then you just keep it, and then the next day they send you a new thing on your wish list to do it all over again. It's, it's pretty neat. And so that, that brings me to my next point. Which is, hey, Derek, what pedal did you have? I got my first bass pedal. Oh, Derek played bass. I played some bass. Uh, It's been a long time since I played some bass, and uh, it was good. I have the Agular Optimizer. (laughs) Right? Awesome. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, it's got this wicked red enclosure. Sweet, like, 60s, 50s style, like, logo. I love this. Uh, So this is a bass octave pedal. And it's got uh, a so it's octave switch up. on it. Octave down. It's an octave down. Okay. <laughs> yes. uh, it's got a switch that says engage. <laughs> <laughs> um, four knobs. So we've got octave level, octave filter, clean level, and clean tone. Okay. So so, so you've got two levels. A, a, so you can kind mix. of blend each. Yeah. Right. Your two, a two knob mix and then a, a clean tone. So you can shape the tone of the clean side of it. Right. And then right. the octave filter is basically just like a, it's like a sweepable cue sort of. Right. Okay. Um, and you can get it like really honky and kind of funky sounding, or you can dial it back and it's a little more subdued and it's more synthy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, an octave down, that's going to be it's, something. <laughs> Uh, let me just say, when I was playing down in like you know first, third, fifth position and stuff, yeah. it was not really cooperating. It was just like I think there's a tone there. <laughs> My headphones just can't make it. But yeah. uh, what makes this cool is like playing up up high. Uh, you, it sounds like you're just playing down low. Hmm. It does a really good job of tracing, unless you're playing complex chords, and it kind of will do that. It'll octave jump in that weird yeah, way that, yeah. that octave pedals do. Um, but it sounds really good. It's like really smooth, but still super huge. Like mm. this is a great way to just add some extra, I'm going to call it what it is. It's a good way to add extra balls. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, in and out and nine volt on the top, which okay. is awesome. Yep. Yep. Top is, that's top kind is of ideal. the ideal position, right? Uh, in my opinion. Yeah. I mean, I'll have in and out on the left and right, but nine volt needs to be on the top. Yeah. Yeah. 
You can just it's get them great. so much closer together when they're on the top. Yes, anyway. and if you have a few of these, all the uh, Aguilar pedals are the same shape and size. Yeah, Except I think there's a preamp that's double wide, but they just oh, all fit together so nicely. Mm-hmm. Mm. Sounds really good if you're looking for a uh, a bass octave. This is seriously worth considering. Aguilar makes great stuff. Taylor, our buddy Taylor, mm-hmm. has uh, an Aguilar preamp in his bass, and he loves it. Mm-hmm. They make great amps and cabs and all kinds of good stuff. So. It sounds like this. I know we don't have to like pause for the thing to play, but I every time, yeah, uh, you just can't not, right? Anyway, well, what am I going to say? It sounds like this. So, hey, how about that? Sounds cool, right? <laughs> you just can't just roll into it. No, uh, yeah, that that's right. But yeah, I like it a lot. If I was really, if I was going to put together a bass rig, I would. Uh, I know a lot of people use octaves on bass, and um, mm-hmm. I, I was like sub octave. It's a bass, you know, right? Yeah, you guys are. You guys realize this is. Uh, getting lower and I, I get it now though it's it's a cool thing to have on your board cool what do you have well so this week i have uh the barber electronics tome press it's actually the new compact version of the tome press um there was an original that was kind of about 50 percent wider um this is like it looks like it's the same size as the one your Aguilar you're holding up there. It's the same as the EC pedals, you know. Um, standard. Stomp yeah, box yeah, size. it's a standard stomp box enclosure. Uh, so this is a parallel compressor. So that means that it it's it has the compressor circuit, and then it's also got a clean path, and then you blend them together. You mix. You essentially have a mix knob. Okay. Um, this is it, parallel compression is like the greatest way to get the effects, the desirable effects from compression without the undesirable effects, which is the undesirable effects are cutting off kind of your transients, your peaks, the attacks a little bit too much, which can lead to a kind of dull sound um, to the resulted sound. So with parallel, you compress and then you blend in the clean with it and so those peaks are and, and attacks are still coming through, and then sort of the lower parts are filled in by the compression. Nice. Uh, okay. And so this is so other standard compressors are then just all compression sig- signal, signal in the compression out. Right. No the blend. compression okay. happens to it, and it outputs the compressed the signal. new signal. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so gotcha. they'll have different like sort of time constants, attack and release, um, which you know slower attacks will let some of the peaks and and stuff come through um this is a whole like complicated sort of thing but um we've we've talked about compressors yeah plenty um so but but what makes this one besides that what makes this one good uh okay (laughs) so well i mean that's kind of the that's kind of the general conceit of the pedal yeah okay uh it it's it sounds great um (laughs) <laughs> it, I really, really like it. It it compared to my. I have an optical compressor here, which is generally a slow one, um, which I like because it doesn't do as much of that sort of attack 
uh, killing thing because it's mm-hmm. slower. Um, but this is even better. It also has um, a switch that kind of changes the time constraints. Like it sort of has a fast mode or a normal mode. So you can kind of tailor it to how you're playing uh, a little bit better. And then there is a, I forget what they call it, but it's essentially kind of a bright switch. Like it adds a, oh, cool. a sheeny kind of extra brightness, which I really liked. Um, it's It was difficult for me to find info on this pedal. The, the website at uh, Barber is just not, it just doesn't have a ton. It, you know, okay, so the switch is called Brilliance and the other switch is called Speed. They're not labeled on the pedal um, so it was a little oh. tough. So I'm not even sure which way is which on speed, yeah. you know, and which way is which on the brilliant. You just have to kind of listen and go, oh, well, that one is the one I like the sound of. So um, volume, blend, and sustain knobs. So the sustain is sort of how much compression. Volume is the output level. So you kind of match mm-hmm. that to your... Uh, kind of unity? Yeah, you, you ideally you match it to uni, um, but you can actually with the blend kind of turned down quite a bit. So you're using mostly clean signal. You can use this as a boost. Um, it has a really good JFET in it. So nice. it's a it's a nice clean boost as well. Um, and you can dial in a little bit of compression with your clean boost, which is a very nice effect. Cool. So the effect of this is, I didn't record any samples because it's actually really tough to tell what's going on <laughs> unless you're actually there playing yeah. the compressor and playing with the knobs. Uh, you kind of have I, to feel. When I had a compressor pedal in, it's way more, to me anyway, like you can hear it obviously when it's, and the one I had was the Strymon one. And yeah. When it was set to very extreme settings, you could hear it. Um, yeah, you could hear but it. But it was way more sagging. of a, yeah, way more of a feel thing to me. Yeah, yeah. So I decided that wasn't really worth it, but I can just kind of describe it like, I could get a ton of compression out of it um, that just leveled out my signal so nicely, but it was still bright and lively um, in just the way that you would expect using parallel compression. I do it all the time in mixing. I I have the compressors that I love the best have a mix knob on them and I just use it for everything. It's so good. Um, So it's brilliant. Um, the the best settings that I liked playing with it were kind of using it before a distortion, a kind of medium heavy gain distortion. It made my tube drive pedal sound more like a high gain amp, like a double recto or something. Oh, cool. um, nice. Yeah, it had this way of like, without even increasing the gain, making it feel like I had more gain. So it was like more gain, but with the clarity of a lower gain setting. Right, um, because it's kind of bringing it's some bringing, of the lows back in. Yeah, like it's it's just doing this kind of thing that you can't you can only do with parallel compression. Um, really neat. My complaint is it runs on nine volts. Uh, my compressor that I made runs on eighteen or up oh, okay. to eighteen, and it's noticeably quieter noise floor. Oh, f- for like a minute, I thought you meant battery only or something. Oh I was no, like, no, no, do not even tell me that. <laughs> I don't. If they sent me a pedal, I don't have any batteries. If they sent me a pedal with yeah. that needed a battery, I would send it back. I don't think anyone's doing that anymore. But <laughs> yeah, hearts like for me. No, um, but I, I compared them, and it, there's a noticeable increase in noise floor with this, mm-hmm. um, and with with a pedal where you can add so much level to your signal. Um, the noise floor really is an issue. So I 
I would find it tough to leave. Like I would want this turned on so much while I was playing guitar because it sounds so great, but I would hate the noise that I got with it, especially when I'm using it, like I say, into a distortion pedal that amplifies all that noise. So I would love to see like a version two of this that goes up to 18 volts safely because it would just be outstanding to have all that extra headroom. That's the tone press and it it's, Lovely, like I said. Only complaint is the nine volt do you know, power. Uh, do you know what the the price is on that? Uh, only one hundred sixty nine ninety five. That's not bad. It's not bad. Um, I forgot to mention the the price on the uh, optimizer is about one fifty. Okay. Cool. Ish. Um, not bad either. Yeah. Okay, so I also had a review unit from EC Custom Shop, uh, like we talked about. Derek had one on the last episode. So I've got the Angry Ape, which is a uh, gate-controlled bass fuzz. So this, again, this, uh, this company, I, th- I think you, you had said that they might be in Israel, based in Israel? I believe so, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they're, No th- one's corrected me on that <laughs> yet, so... <laughs> the, uh, their website, I can kind of tell that they're not like speaking English every day kind of thing. Right. Like there's a couple of funny things so about the way they wrote something. I'm not saying it's written in broken English, but there's a couple of like funny ways that they so, use some, some words. interesting syntax. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but this is another really cool pedal, uh, good build quality, kind of a, it's a good value for a, a boutique pedal. Um, that's for sure. It's definitely not like super expensive or anything. And, um, they're definitely using good parts and they're trying to do things a little bit differently. I can see like, they're not just making, Oh, let's make a bass fuzz, you know? So I I thought that with the overdrive I had, it was not just a, yeah, they're doing something different with like the clipping stages and stuff. So, um, again, this was a little tough for me to figure out because they don't really explain in great detail what some of the knobs do like obviously level gain tone. We get what that is. Um, but there's a growl knob. Uh, now the website says that the, that, well, the website actually calls it a gate knob, but at some point I found out that the growl controls the gate. So what does the gate do? The gate is actually choosing sort of the pickup point for where the fuzz kicks in loudness wise. Like an envelope. Oh, Uh, yeah, so like if you have the growl turned way down, it will only pick up like kind of your loudest notes to apply mm-hmm. fuzz to, and you'll mm-hmm. kind of have a, a your your basically unfuzzed signal will be passing through the pedal. Otherwise, it's still affected by the control uh, the tone control. Yep. <laughs> oh, oh 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 oh! There it is. Oh Where, oh oh uh, oh oh. oh, oh. <laughs> uh, genuinely said that by accident. Well, I started to say it by accident, then I caught myself, and then I decided to say it anyway. Um, I always say it by accident, and then just like, no, I'm gonna go. Uh, the so, tone control. So yeah, uh, level and tone, kind of the overall output. The, then the tone of the output signal. Um, the gain is sort of how fuzzy, and then the growl knob controls where the fuzz kind of kicks in in the volume envelope, which is kind of a neat effect. Um, I still kind of found that I, I kind of wanted it to just be on or off, um, okay. in my opinion. But so I'm sure like a, a better bass like a, player could find a way to apply fuzz to the loud notes and then play quietly underneath it for the ones they didn't want. I'm just not sure. a great bass player. <laughs> yeah, me neither. Um, is so okay. Is the uh, the growl then? Is it like 
So what, what, say you're like, it's picking out your loudest notes, but like stuff that's kind of like on the fence, is it fuzzing a little bit or is it like... Yeah, um, it did okay. seem to do that a little bit, but I mean, it, it wasn't like um, it would suddenly go full fuzz. Like if you've got the growl somewhere in okay. the middle, you're kind of getting kind of a blend. Like it's kind of fading in and out a little bit kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting trick. Um I don't know, like I said, like I found like I kind of wanted the growl knob all the way up. I just wanted it fuzzing my stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I was like, this is a fuzz pedal. Like, let's do the fuzz. Uh, yeah, bring it on. Yeah. So I did record some of this. Um, I, yeah, I was going to say, let's hear it. I yeah. Mean, I mean, you kind of did a new thing though. I did a new thing. I made a, I, I, this pedal didn't make sense to me while I was trying to play it until I stumbled onto a, a riff and it was like a slow, it was like a 70 BPM riff. So <laughs> I just kind of like banged out this, this little, well, I, I had a drum loop. I have some drum loops laying around. So I cut one apart and kind of made it into what I wanted it to sound like and then did this. And then I had a fun time kind of mixing it and playing with the uh, tones of that. So, um, so yeah, I kind of recorded this little thing. Meaning, literally recorded this little thing. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah. So that's that's what it sounds like. Like I said, I'm not really letting the ga- the growl control leave fuzz off of any of the notes, but um, but it is a cool fuzz sound. Overall, the pedal comes out. I can tell it's voiced for bass. It comes out s- without a lot of um, mids and treble. Like it's it's very mm-hmm. low range focused. Um, so I liked th- I liked the tone knob aimed kind of high. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, it's totally got a sound to it like mm-hmm. that. It's, it's just really got that like totally maxed out. Oh yeah. Fizzly fuzzy <laughs> like thing going on, which is great. I, I, mean, I love what that does to bass too. Yeah. yeah. But there is yeah. still some, uh, you know, a reasonable amount of like lows coming through that, um, which I liked. So. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, and that one's uh, priced at 149 USD. Cool. So again, like, yeah, good price for a boutique uh, developer. Do we call them developers? We call them builders, right? Developers is software. Yeah, let's go with (laughs) builders. Um, Nice, yeah, it's all um, cool stuff all around today. It's like base week. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So... uh, so what up before now? before we move on though we just want to say again thanks to Pedal Genie uh, for their support of the tone control head to pedalgenie.com slash tone control and uh, sign up for just a buck yay alright next up now that I thought we were doing really well on time and now we talked forever about pedals so damn it <laughs> that's alright I could be quick so a couple more things first up new Bogner pedals <laughs> You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, okay, so let me see. I got these up on tabs here. So the 
the basic point of these is they're all developed with custom transformers divi- designed by Mr. Rupert no, Neve. You can say defined. <laughs> defined. <laughs> <laughs> so Rupert Neve, you you may have heard the name Neve before. Uh, consoles back in the day, super famous. One one of the classic analog console sounds um, was the Neve console, famous for. Uh, basically the sound of their transformer-based preamps and EQs and everything else. Uh, the the transformers are a super important part of what makes Neve Neve, um, and it ends up loud and clean, like low, as in low noise floor, mm-hmm. and have a kind of a famous kind of silky smoothness to the top end and kind of a beefy, thick low end. N- nothing... Well, nothing short of great, frankly. <laughs> we we use them would all the time. It to, would you compare it to like high headroom? Oh yeah. Oh, very high headroom. Like the the okay. preamps, like the the Neve preamps are you know famously super high headroom. I mean, you can crank cool. them and you'll have a very very low noise floor. I don't know. You remember that uh, documentary Dave Grohl made? Sound City. Sound City. Yeah, I mean, that yeah. that was a Neve. That was the thing yeah. they were all babbling about. And then yeah. Rupert Neve was in it, and he started kind of talking about the math and why, what makes Transformers so great. And Dave Grohl kind of made fun of him. And that was weird. <laughs> yeah, well, Dave Grohl has that board now. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway. But anyway, so these little, they like downsized it, I guess, right? Yeah, I so, mean- so these are little stomp boxes with... Uh, Rupert Neve designed transform. Well, the transformers and things like that aren't humongous, but okay. um, but I I haven't you know heard them or played them. But I expect from this to have huge headroom and low noise floor and just a great thick powerful tone. Um, they're all running on nine volt DC. I I can't say anything about this, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're using like a some step up electronics, like a voltage doubler to yeah. get that up higher because the other Neve stuff, like the the actual preamps and studio gear, uh, all runs at, at a much higher voltage, and that's part of why they get such a great headroom and noise floor. So I wouldn't be surprised if they're doing that. Frankly, a, a little voltage doubler sometimes can be a pretty inexpensive part. So um, it's totally doable and still fit the stomp box form factor. So the Wessex is an overdrive pedal. Uh, yep. The Harlow is i guess a compressor yeah the stuff that i was reading about it was that it's like a slow sloppy filthy compressor Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and i think they're with a boost signal and they're planning another version that's going to be a faster slappier kind of yeah so there's three these three came out on uh september 1st um the burnley distortion harlow boost compressor and the wessex overdrive oh boost Um, compressor that's why because i keep the, the way they they don't just say like Harlow compressor. They they have like a paragraph. Oh, yeah. So it's like sifting through it going, I'm mixing them up. Uh, <laughs> and then there's three more coming soon. I only added that. There's nothing on the website yet, but I saw um, an interview with uh, Reinhold Bong- Bogner. <laughs> and uh, he said there's three more coming out soon. They had like prototypes at NAM, I think. Uh, one is a all Stompbox size still is a faster studio grade compressor he kept saying okay yeah yeah uh and then a speaker cab simulator which we were just talking a lot about um for direct out recording it's not a load box but it goes between the head and the cab yeah and uh an ab buffer which i'm kind of interested in seeing more about that it's um 
it's basically like got a send and return situation going on. So you can signal or you can uh, buffer the signal going in your board and out of your board on one box. Right. So your your signal goes into pedal, goes out of pedal through your pedal board, and then back into pedal and then yeah, out to your out amp. Pedal and so it has buffers for both sides of that for just proper loading all around. Yeah. Um, cool idea. Yeah. Great idea for your true bypass chain. Yeah. And Wagner makes great pedals. Like they make amazing guitar amps. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been putting some of those amps into pedal form lately. Uh, some of their more famous designs they've kind of been making into drive. Like they'll take the drive channel out of the ecstasy red and put it in a pedal. And so yeah. they're, um, they're expensive and sought after, but they sound awesome. And I saw a few demo videos of uh, the, this new stuff with the Neve transformers and they don't sound anything short of great yep, in my yep. opinion. I mean, as close as you can tell on um, yeah, YouTube, on YouTube, right. Video. You know, yeah. like you're, you got, you turn YouTube on HD and you're still, um, you're losing a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you're but. still you're still watching it on a video, but you can get an idea for what they do to the signal. Um, but this is going to be something where when you try it in person, I predict you you find that they're kind of just a cut above as far as noise floor and just just quality of the quality of what they're doing. What they're doing might not be so revolutionary some of these, you know, it's a distortion, but it's going to be a really good distortion. Yeah. I'd like to try one. Cool mm-hmm. partnership too. I like it. Very neat. All right. Next up, and lastly, uh, the, but not least, but not leastly, uh, <laughs> another marvel of 21st century guitar engineering, Hughes and Kettner Grandmeister. So this everything guy, everything you would expect from a Meister plus everything you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So he's a Kettner. They're cool, right? Yeah, you know, I when I was shopping way back in the day for a, I need a big amp. I'm going to be starting bands and I'm going to want to play loud music. Yeah. I I was really drawn to Hughes and Kettner because they light up and look totally badass. <laughs> yeah, and um, you know, then at the time reading about them. Realized I was over my head, uh, in over my head. But um, I'm still super drawn to Hughes and Kettner because of the the look they have, yep. and I never spent a lot of time with one uh, yet, unfortunately. But yeah, every I, time I see one around and someone's playing through it, I'm like, oh my god, this sounds awesome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so quality amps. Um, so the Grandmeister is something totally new for them. The amp itself is a full analog tube circuit, just like you'd expect from Hughes and Kettner. So uh, nothing short of their best. This is a 36-watt head. Uh, it is four EL84s, three 12AX7 preamp, your standard stuff, the four channels, clean, crunch, lead, and ultra. Each with a boost, I believe, right? I'm pretty oh, sure channels, like, channel switching, yeah, button. presets, channels, yeah. boost, delay, and modulation. So it's got it's got uh, digital effects. It's got a digital spring reverb, then uh, also tap delay, which and then modulation, which is chorus, flanger, phaser, tremolo, uh, all built right into the amp and accessible through their foot switch. It also has a power soak, so it can drop down to 18, 5, 1, or zero watts. 
Okay. So this, Zero watts. This is, yeah, I mean, why not? So this has got kind of all the stuff you might want, but I haven't even gotten to the real thing yet. You know, Power Soak is a thing that's on my on my grocery list for an amp. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's kind of becoming more of a thing now. And yeah. And it's uh, anyway, it's good for, for changing your environment. Um, drop the wattage right. and, down is so much losing. better. Yeah, it's so much better than a master volume um, kind of rolling down the master volume. Uh, yeah. Much better effect. So the the but the real point of this I haven't even gotten to yet. This amp, while it's totally analog in its signal path, is totally digital in its control path. So every control on this amp is totally digital and programmable, even the power soak. It has, okay, so all, you know, the Hughes and Kettner lighting up business, all the knobs have, have these little light up rings around them because this is all digital presets that you're recalling, essentially. And these presets are digitally controlling the analog circuit. So uh, oh. no no compromise in sound in any of this. I got to keep stressing this because it's so great. Um, so this amp also has MIDI in out through, which I skipped over because that would have kind of spoiled the, the fun. Um, but <laughs> it has an iPad app so you can control in real time every function and control on your amp as well as save and recall any of the, oh. what, 160 or something presets? Uh. <laughs> it's crazy. This is such a great idea. And, and it's, oh, at, man. I, I'm using now the, the audio interface that I use here at the studio has the same basic feature, uh, which is digitally controlled analog, analog circuitry. Digital, yeah. It's so good. Uh, the recallability, um, the preciseness, the cleanness of the control I, I can't speak highly enough. It's so, so great. I love it. And I am so excited that this amp is a thing because it means that this whole theory and, and method of operation is going to be a thing now. Um, there's going to be a community really... of people sharing their tones with each other across the web. Uh, you know, <laughs> Oh, man. Come it's, on. it's really the best of both, both worlds because you get that, like, in this example, that awesome Hughes and Kettner tone yep. and that awesome thing about tube amps that everybody's crazy about. But you get the versatility of digital control and the precision. Absolutely, of the best of both both worlds. And Hughes and Kettner is, is using all their normal stuff in the analog circuit on this. They're not skimping on anything, but all digitally controlled. Come on, uh, so cool! <laughs> and like you can, and then all that you can send to your foot controller. Yeah. Oh, it has a like noise toggle. gate built in. I forgot to mention the noise gate. Jesus. So for you high gain um, guys, the, the the power soak is one of the programmable features you can of this. Foot amp. Switch the power soak. I was just gonna say that your presets could be ultra Ugh. lead, but with a power soak, and then switch down to your crunch channel with the full thirty six watts. At, this is. At I'm pretty foot. sure this is. Or at your fingers if you have an iPad. Yeah. Jeez. This is. A, I'm pretty sure their new flagship device. This oh, is it has like to be. the. The one. Um, they're still making all like totally crazy awesome amps, but this is definitely the new thing. Um, I was actually just over at Earcraft uh, Saturday, mm-hmm. and they still have a Hughes and Kettner Triamp there, mm. um, which has been there for as long as I can remember. It's uh, somebody, I guess, custom ordered it and then never picked it up. Oh, man. 
They must and have put a down this, payment on it or something, right? I guess it's thirty four hundred bucks. Jeez. <laughs> but it's the you know hundred watt or fifty watt uh-huh. EL thirty four, just complete powerhouse. Wow. I've always wanted to try it, but I'm like, I know I'm just going to blow the doors off the place. Uh, <laughs> if you hold that is, puppy, Derek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, this is oh, this is great. The Grandmeister. So into it. So into it. Okay. So that's why I was so excited about this episode. I tried not to rave about it too much because I didn't want to give it away. But uh, we we started and ended this show with two of my favorite recent innovations in guitar engineering. Uh Uh-oh, what happened? Guess the price on this thing. No. Just guess. I'm floored. Let's just say that. You're floored? All right. Well, if you're surprised, then I'm thinking it's low. It's fifteen hundred bucks. Twelve hundred. Oh you gotta be kidding <laughs> oh, me. Oh man. I thought this was gonna be at well over two grand. Oh yeah, for sure. That's insane. I mean, m- most of the marshals and, and stuff, all those other oh my god. Yeah, how much they're, is a JCM eight hundred or they're, whatever they're making now? Aren't they more than that? Holy cow. Wow. I thought you'd pay a price premium for this. I mean, that's just the head. You still got to get a cab. Oh, whatever. I'm I'm comparing it to heads. That's I mean, un- it, unreal. Give me a break. 128 presets. Jeez. Oh my gosh, guys. I'm we're speechless. <laughs> I'm looking up the what is the new the Marshall that everyone's using now? The JCM 2000. The 2000's been kind of the thing for that's a while. Well. That the all right. So the JCM nine hundred hundred watt two channeled is twenty one hundred. So JCM eight hundred is twenty six hundred dollars. So. Now are are those hundred watt amps? That those are hundred watt. Yeah. Amps. So I mean, it's a thirty six watt. Amp. What what can't you do with a thirty six watt amp and a four twelve cab? Right. Honestly, what are right. you? And like, you, if I had. If I had a, a JCM 900 that did 50 and 100 watts, guess yeah. where it would always be set? Right, right. 50 watts. Uh, it's just, yep. I don't know. Well, okay, so there's going to be some people oh, like on the God. on the super high gain kind of market that are that this probably isn't right for, we're assuming. Right, but I mean, I But I don't someone, know. I mean, it has a lead and an ultra channel. Those must be pretty high gain. I don't know. Maybe if they sound okay. Who knows? Jeez. Who knows? I, I don't know. I'm I bet I could get into something like this. Oh yeah. And so like every knob, like the EQ controls have like double function. So you like say, I'm gonna edit my effects now and the knobs change what they do. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. It, it's it's time. We've we've uh, drooled over this enough. That is uh the Hughes and Kettner Grandmeister 36 head. You know, the fact that they put 36 in the name uh, kind of leads me to believe oh, yeah. they might introduce a cheaper option. Oh, and, and probably bigger. I would expect Possibly, they'll, yeah. they'll go both ways. That's a good point. Yeah. Looks like the foot switch for this thing is about 200 bucks, though. Um, but that, it's, yeah, it's but, but rem- doing it all. Okay, how much is the foot switch <laughs> for, that, uh, for the, the fractal... Yeah, that's like a $700. That's like a $700 (laughs) MIDI controller. Give me a break. So this is a MIDI controller. I'm sure it's well built. And for $200, that's not that big a deal considering what what some of the other uh, foot switches are going for. Amazing. 
I like it. Okay. Hey, that's a pretty good episode. Yeah, except we didn't do any of that, like, let's talk about tone <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Did we completely leave out tone? <laughs> I wanted to, like, maybe get more into... I know, um, yeah, that's right. You wanted to not... S- not some of that stuff uh, Michael asked last time, but... Uh, okay, well, hey, maybe my new plan uh, for doing the rundown bit and then... I bet that'll yield more room in the show. Let's hope. That kind of that, stuff. That'll be yeah. the goal. Hey, this is, it's a work in progress, people. Every week. We never get any better. <laughs> 23 episodes, man. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. All right. Well, cool, I guess cool, all cool. that's left to do is uh, give Pedal Genie just one more bit of love. That's pedalgenie.com slash tone control to hit their site from the right side. <laughs> There you can see all of the stuff that we've tried out uh, or are going to be trying out. Yeah. And uh, if you like are interested in what we mentioned on the show, you can go find it there. Find, yeah, and they uh, have direct links, right? Yep, some of these pedals. Do. Yeah, that's a good place to start, to start building your wish list. And I'm trying real hard to uh, leave some reviews on the site so you might see me there. Oh, cool. On, on some of the gear I've had. But um, yeah, so do that. Pedalgenie.com slash tone control. All right. And where can everybody find and talk to us? Uh, just about everywhere, I suppose, right? Hey, wait, didn't it, Michael e- email us back and I said that I was going to reply? I said that I was going to reply and then I totally <laughs> <laughs> fell on my face about it. All right, Michael, if, if this episode goes out and I haven't replied to you yet, then send us another email and tell us that you're not going to be our friend anymore and really dig in. I mean, we're looking for some emotional strings to be pulled here. So he made fun of me. I remember that we're sloppy, but that's a stylistic choice. (laughs) (laughs) Wonder how often you hear that in the studio. No, man, that's my tone. (laughs) I'm going to start saying that. Yeah. Hey man, if you play a wrong note, bend it till it's right. Yep. That's correct. Except if you have an Evertune bridge. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, sincerely, Michael, I'm going to write back. We're, we're going to write back one way or another. And if we, if you hear this episode and we have not written back to you, um, please do bother us about that because we want to be better. Yes. And he did, uh, he did offer to put some uh, examples together. Like we had asked people to yeah. send in some stems and things like that. Um, I totally want to hear it. Want it all. Bring it on. Mm-hmm. Send us an email and we'll figure out a good way to get it over to us. Basically. Yeah. I'll, I'll, take a look at it and see what I can throw together. I'd, I'd appreciate the help in um, putting together cool segments. So, uh, And that is ToneControlShow at gmail.com. And you can find correct. us on Twitter, at the Tone Control, at, fa- Doubly correct. at Facebook, at Facebook.com slash the Tone Control. Also correct. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, what but, what um, else? Did I leave anything out? ToneControlShow.com? The website, Tone. Yeah, uh, all those are like cool places to get at us. Um, we want to be seeing gear. So like send us your setups, yep. all that kind of cool stuff. Share it. We like to talk about it. Obviously we do a podcast about it. Very good. Shutting up now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Hey, this is fun. Hey, the next time the listeners see you, you'll be married. The next time they see me. See, gonna, see is in big quotes there. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I'm going to have a real big problem on my hands. <laughs> <laughs> when they show up That's at your true. door. That is true. Well, that's all from us. And um, that's all, folks. That's all. (laughs) So maybe they'll talk to you before they talk to me. But um, 
Maybe you'll you'll talk to them before. Yeah. You talk to them. Maybe I'll see if I can get an episode together. Um, that would be rad. Yeah. If I could put something together that's cool, um, I will. And if you don't hear anything, it's because I couldn't come up with anything that I thought was cool. Uh, it happens almost every day that I can't think of anything cool. So don't be too surprised. You're so not cool. <laughs> that's why I'm not in a band anymore. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you're really down at like like 70% cool. You really got to up it I up. I got to bring it back. All right. All right. That's it. Alrighty. Pull the plug. Boom. See you later. Another one in the can. Bye. <laughs> Say goodbye, Derek. <laughs> <laughs> uh.